There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's peel back the curtain on the lyrics of Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. Derek and the Dominoes was pulled together out of Eric Clapton's desire to hide from the fame he had found so stressful during his time in Cream and Blind Faith. He formed the group with keyboardist and singer Bobby Whitlock, bassist Carl Radel, and drummer Jim Gordon, after having played with them all while they were in the group Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, who opened for Blind Faith's American tour in the late 60s. The four started jamming at Eric Clapton's house over in England in 1970, playing night and day until they had a set list together. And then they gigged all over the UK in small clubs, never once promoting the fact that Clapton was in the band. The name Derek and the Dominoes was even sort of a joke, the result of a stage announcer mispronouncing their original name, Dell and the Dynamos, which itself was a kind of inside joke from their time playing with Delaney and Bonnie and Friends. Clapton absolutely loved it. He could play with these musicians with what he considered to be complete musical freedom in front of small audiences who had no idea who he was. And the band was more than formidable. Aside from Clapton, Californian Jim Gordon was one of the most sought-after session drummers in the business, who was at the time going through a stormy relationship with singer-songwriter Rita Coolidge. He would later become notorious for different reasons, which I'll get into in a bit. Radel was also an in-demand session musician from Oklahoma. Memphis-born Whitlock started out playing with soul greats like Booker T and the MGs and contributed, like Clapton, to George Harrison's solo album, All Things Must Pass. So this combination of Americans and Englishmen got together and played and wrote, some of them simultaneously performing or recording with other legends like Dr. John and the aforementioned Harrison, and ended up at a recording studio in Miami in the late summer of 1970, where they recorded one and only one double studio album, Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs. Dave Mason, guitarist for Traffic, was an occasional member, as was Dwayne Allman, who had just finished recording the Idlewild South album with the Allman Brothers Band at the same studio that Derek and the Dominoes booked into. It's Allman's iconic guitar riff that opens the song, Layla. Most of the material on the Derek and the Dominoes album had to do with one subject, forbidden love. More specifically, Eric Clapton's absolute infatuation with Patty Boyd, who was, at the time, married to none other than his good friend, George Harrison. Boyd had been with Harrison through the height of the Beatles' fame, married since 1966. Clapton's proximity to Harrison through their musical connection and friendship put him in increasingly close contact with Boyd. Now, Patty Boyd was a beautiful woman, the inspiration, in fact, for Harrison's song, Something. 
Clapton found her completely irresistible, no matter that she was the wife of his good friend, and he couldn't hide his obsession from her or from anyone else. At first, Boyd turned down all of his repeated advances, leaving heartsick Clapton to do the only thing he knew to do with his unrequited love, write songs about it. Playwright and actor Ian Dallas sowed the literal seeds for the song Layla when, after hearing how pained Clapton was at his love-struck situation, gave him a book called The Story of Layla and Majnun, written by a Persian poet from the 12th century named Nizami Ganjavi. It is akin to the tale of Romeo and Juliet, about two young lovers who are unable to be together because their parents disapprove of the union. But in this story, the character Majnun gets his name because he was driven insane, wandering the countryside in despair over being torn apart from his beloved Layla. The name Majnun translates to obsession. Clapton could relate and named the song Layla, partly in tribute to the story that seemed to so closely mirror his own predicament and torment, and partly out of a half-hearted effort to hide the true identity of the real subject of the song, Patty Boyd. Layla starts like this. What'll you do when you get lonely, and nobody's waiting by your side? You've been running and hiding much too long. You know, it's just your foolish pride. Layla, you've got me on my knees. Layla, I'm begging, darling, please. Layla, won't you ease my worried mind? It's Clapton saying to Patty Boyd, I know you're married to my friend George Harrison, but I have been trying to show you how much I love you and I really want to be with you no matter what. And I think you want to be with me too. At the time, Harrison and Boyd's relationship was seemingly okay, but there were swirls, rumors of Harrison's infidelity that would later ring true. Of course, who was there to comfort Boyd when these whispers started? Clapton, of course. The song continues. I tried to give you consolation when your old man had let you down. Like a fool, I fell in love with you, turned my whole world upside down. Layla, you've got me on my knees. Layla, I'm begging darling, please. Layla, darling, won't you ease my worried mind? So he comes out and admits that it was foolish for him to fall in love with his friend's wife, but that he just couldn't help it, plain and simple. And now he's in agony about it all with no way out that he can see except to take the next step and be with her, literally begging her to leave her husband and be with him. The song goes on. Let's make the best of the situation before I finally go insane. Please don't say I'll never find a way and tell me all my love's in vain. Layla, you've got me on my knees. Layla, I'm begging, darling, please. Layla, darling, won't you ease my worried mind? And there's a nod to the 12th century poet Nizami, whose Majnun character had gone crazy because the love he had for his Layla was forbidden. In the book, Layla goes on to marry a nobleman, and the distraught Majnun walks around muttering poetry to himself, a total outcast from society, until Layla eventually dies where he carves love poems on her gravestone until he too dies near where she's buried. Clapton ends the song with a refrain. Layla, you've got me on my knees. 
Layla, I'm begging, darling, please. Layla, darling, won't you ease my worried mind? Patty Boyd says that she wasn't too thrilled with the song when it came out, that she felt exposed by it, even though she had been rebuffing Clapton for some time. But eventually, the trouble in her marriage with Harrison over his infidelity, coupled with Clapton's infatuation with her, took its toll. She and Harrison divorced, she began living with Clapton, and the two married in 1979. Incredibly, the friendship between Clapton and Harrison remained strong throughout all of this. Harrison even played at their wedding. Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs by Derek and the Dominoes was released in November of 1970. Clapton was unwilling to use his name to promote the album, maybe partly because of his disgust with the trappings of fame that had driven him to form the group in the first place, and partly because the songs were about his taboo love for his friend's wife. The record company insisted on editing the song Layla for radio, down from its full 7 minutes and 10 seconds to a flimsy 2 minutes and 43 seconds, which failed completely. The album overall did not do well on the charts or in terms of sales, and Clapton went down a spiral of drug-addled depression over it. In fact, most everyone involved with the Derek and the Dominoes album had uncommon troubles afterward. Some say that Layla and other assorted love songs cursed the musicians who created it. Drummer Jim Gordon co-wrote the song with Clapton, but he heard voices in his head, telltale signs of schizophrenia, and killed his mother with a hammer at the urging of these voices. He maintains that his schizophrenia set in just after the recording sessions for Layla. He remains institutionalized to this day. His ex-girlfriend, Rita Coolidge, maintains that she wrote the piano part in the song Layla, which some musicians who were around the recording sessions confirm, but she has never been credited for the work. Bass player Carl Radel died of alcohol-related liver failure before he was 40. Keyboardist Bobby Whitlock's career just fell off the rails after Layla. He never went anywhere with the solo albums that he released afterward, and he ended up spending decades on a farm in Mississippi in semi-retirement. And Dwayne Allman, creator of that killer signature riff at the beginning of the song, died in a motorcycle crash a year after recording it. He was just 24 years old. And eerily, perhaps because of the publicity around Allman's death, the record company re-released Layla as a single, this time in its full seven-minute version from the album. After that, the single skyrocketed up the charts, becoming a staple for rock radio, as well as for being what many consider to be Clapton's songwriting apex. In 1992, Clapton performed a slow, acoustic version of the song for MTV Unplugged. This version became an instant hit, winning the Grammy for Best Rock Song in 1993 and getting millions of spins on radio and TV. And finally, in 2000, the album Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. As for Patty Boyd and Clapton, he wrote another song about her, Wonderful Tonight. But they divorced in 1989, Clapton left her after he took up with the actress Lori Del Santo, with whom he had a son, Connor. Tragically, in 1991, Connor fell out of a high-rise window in New York City and died when he was just four years old. 
Clapton wrote the song Tears in Heaven for his son that year and credits this heartbreaking event with his finally having achieved sobriety. Clapton's life has been as filled with turmoil as any rock star that I can think of, whether by circumstance or by his own choices. As a blues man, there are parallels to his journey and the legend of Robert Johnson, who went down to the crossroads and made a deal with the devil for his gift. There is heartbreak in so many of the songs that speak to us mere mortals who listen to them over and over. Layla, whether cursed or not, can be heard on any given day just about everywhere. The spirit of an ancient Persian poem about star-crossed lovers felt and put to music by an Englishman centuries later. Now that's what I call a classic. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for sound design and engineering. On the way, episodes about lyrics from Aerosmith, Blue Oyster Cult, and more classic rock and roll.